Like it's a star field from Odyssey, Space Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, you, you are the star I become baby. a space baby. Episode 94 of No Crisis. What? Yet. I know. No, Isn't that crazy? Up. That's impossible. I'm John Lynch. And I'm Ben Brown. And this Coming is, up on our 100, Ben. This is an impossible, impossible podcast. I heard Mission Impossible is very good. It's so good. Did you see it? Oh my God. I know it's not a favorite TV thing, but this, fuck, it's so good. You're the third person I'll ask, how old does Tom Cruise look? Or did they do the like aging, de-aging he, technology? He is very ageless in that Paul Rudd way where it's just like, I know it's been, I've been watching this guy in He's movies like for a decade. Right? He's, yeah. And that's the thing about this one is like, not only the stunt stuff is just like, okay, he can't keep doing this. Because like even Jackie Chan had you, to quit you once know. he got to that old. Um, yeah, maybe Scientology is as long him, as like, he fucking Adam. As long as he never takes Advil, yeah. As long as he never takes Advil like Bruce Lee, he's gonna live forever. It's so funny though because they put him. You know, Henry Cavill's the other like major guy in the movie, and it's hilarious because the size difference is wicked funny. Um, it's also the only time I've liked Henry Cavill in anything. Uh, I do not like his Superman terrifically. It's not entirely his fault. It's mostly Zach. Did they have to fault, like redo his lip because of the mustache? No, no, he kept the mustache. <laughs> the lip was in Justice League because he was filming must- uh, Mission Impossible, so he had the mustache. He had to keep it for Mission Impossible. That's why they had to CGI it out in, a, in Justice League. But nobody really noticed because nobody really went to see Justice League. <laughs> Whereas there was a lot of people. Well, they're all too busy going so. to the mummy. So. Exactly, exactly. The other big cinematic universe, right? But uh, I don't know. I would go see it again if you want to. It's fucking. You might have to. It's fucking great. I don't know if you've kept up on that series. You don't really need to. No. I, I heard a clip from it on NPR and the guy was like, I heard Alec Baldwin's line like, oh, these terrorists are on the inside. Yeah, yeah. It's like the most like fucking oh, yeah, yeah. Like, total and, schlock. Like, so actually listening so to an interview with uh, with Chris McQuarrie, he, you know, him and Tom Cruise basically work on these movies from the ground up because yeah. Tom Cruise like shepherds these things along because there's stunts that he wants to do. I'm and essentially what they do is he goes like, I want to do this with a helicopter and they go, okay, how do we make that happen in the story? It's like reverse engineering essentially. The plot curbs to what Tom wants to do as stunts and honestly I can't it, do you, I can't argue with it do like, you think do you think it's like Gwyneth Paltrow where people know him call him TC like people call her probably. GP I bet I bet I bet Chris McQuarrie and him are on I'm real sure because Chris McQuarrie is the guy he brought in for almost every like project he's done over the past like decade like Valkyrie that like the, the Nazi movie I, about I, I did not mind Hill. Valkyrie I like it it's fine but like the script was real bad he just like yep. called Chris McQuarrie out of nowhere is <laughs> like rewrite this please for me and he's, you know, he's the only one who's come back to direct a second Mission Impossible movie. Um, Didn't yeah. Brad Bird do one? Brad Bird did the fourth one, which is amazing. Which also. is also because has a lot of practical oh, effects. so good. I mean, that dude knows his way around an action sequence. That's... But Chris McQuarrie is also really good. And yeah, Fallout is fucking awesome. Is there a knock list in this one? Nope. It's three <laughs> nuclear do you, weapons. Do you, have to dress up like, do you have to dress up like a firefighter in this one? Like in the N64 no, game? No, no, no. They do, uh, ah, there's so many cool things. There's like a, there's kind of a nod to the no Russian thing from Call of Duty, which is really weird. Um, there's, uh, yeah, it's weird. Like this movie kind of, I think at one point it was a lot darker than it ended up being because it's a lot about like, what is, what is Ethan Hunt willing to do to, to get this, like, because he's going after plutonium or whatever. Okay. And, And so he's, he's impersonating this super bad, like legendary terrorist named John Lark. Nobody knows what he looks like, so he can just be Tom Cruise and say he's him. But, yeah, there gets to a point where they're like, you're going to have to go shoot a bunch of cops to free this guy. And, like, they play it out in fantasy. They don't make him do it. Um, but I was like, what the fuck? This is the no Russian level. Like, he's hanging back and not shooting yeah. anyone. But, like, it's... it's uh, this it is the equivalent of uh, 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 Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. What's it called? Conviction? Right. Conviction. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's... Mark targets and whatnot. It's so fucking awesome. Like, I, I was I was expecting a lot because the last two were really good. But... Um, not a good plot, like a good... Mm, it's a fine plot. Yeah. It moves between the action sequences. And it actually alludes to almost every other Mission Impossible movie in some weird way, which is kind of neat. They say, boy, t- boy, what's his name? Ethan, no. Ethan Hunt, yeah. Ethan Hunt. Boy, Ethan Hunt, you're old. You're old. Well, it's weird because the movies don't have any continuity with each other because they're all directed by different people. Like, the second one is so different than the first one, which is so yeah. different than the third one, and on and on. But they do, like... His fucking rock climbing from the second one comes in useful in this one. Sure. And like, it's just. Fuck him. It's weird. I mean, Ving Rhames has actually been in all of them. He's the only other constant outside of Tom Cruise. And the masks. The masks are in everyone as well. Because masks are dope, Ben. 
uh, like that is the apparently that superpower which only the IMF has still <laughs> after all these years uh, is like the calling card of that series. I can't like, not. Uh, I just can't not think of the Inter- International Monetary Fund. I right, know right, IMF, right. right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Impossible Mission Force is incredibly. It's, it's so bad. And Alec Baldwin, <laughs> like his fucking line was so bad. It's I was like, so all bad. right, like. Now you you failed in Berlin and now the world is in danger. Like yeah. just the every oh some of the dialogue in that movie is super cheese, but like it's all there just to push it towards the action, action sequence. Do you did you do you agree with Dan Riker that it is better than Mad Max? No. See, neither did I, and I was like, shut the fuck up. No, no, it's very good, and honestly, like as far as like certain sequences, it's up there with Mad Max. But just Mad Max is a cooler world with cooler characters and fucking better music and all sorts of other stuff. But. I mean, as far as action movies go, it's one of the only ones I've seen on that scale that is that good. Yeah. Because the Fast and Furious movies, as I've enjoyed them, they are pretty cartoony at this point. Especially the last yeah. one that came out. The eighth one had tons more CGI. Because the big thing for the Fast and Furious movies is they were still doing practical car effects well after they needed to. Yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome. Sure. It looks so good when cars crash in those movies and just the stunts they did. But um, they finally got away from it a lot in the last one. This one, they make very... Very clear that these are filmed when Tom Cruise is going the wrong way around the fucking Arc de Triomphe circle in Paris on a fucking motorcycle. They make sure you know camera's right on yep. him. Yeah. This is not CGI. Like maybe some of the traffic is, but uh, yeah, it's not a video game. But everyone should go see that fucking movie. It's great. It's very good. Speaking of things everyone should go see, but <laughs> yeah. opposite. But opposite. Let's talk about Arcanum, Ben. Yeah, Arcanum. Do you, do you, hot joint. You were talking about the ads earlier. Do you remember the ads? I remember the yeah, ads. Yeah, I remember them being kind of kind of cheeky about, like, this isn't a fantasy game. So Arcanum's like a... It's a turn-based, like... It's still a turn-based RPG, right? Yeah, they hedged it. So it's, you it, said it, it was can like be, Fallout, It can right? be both. And this is, like, this game, for all the... Fu- like. Troika, we're, we're on well-trodden ground. Also, this game came out in, like, 2001, when yes, Troika but it still should, existed. <laughs> it came out, like, May 2001, so it's pre-9-11, like... Because yeah. um, Troika only made, like, that, the vampire game, and that's it, right? I feel like there's one more. There might be one more in between. Might have, not, might have been canceled. I don't know. And Necronox is Iron Storm, right? Yeah, that's Iron Storm. That is, I wish they made And that's Necronox. a totally different yeah, game. Yeah, that's Because totally that's, like, game. a JRPG, but silly. I'm just going to look this up. Troika, I want to yeah. say they had three games. Yeah, because, like, the one that... Put the nail in the coffin was Vampire Masquerade. Yeah, that was the last one. And the oh my god, which is a great game in some ways. It's also a very bad game in some ways. But it was a weird time because it Temple was, of Elemental Evil. Oh yeah, which is which the, is a remake of a very very old campaign, right? Yeah, a Greyhawk campaign. Yeah, but like that was so, an SSI like gold box game. Yeah, so it's really but I mean really just old. in terms of like paper. I mean that goes back to this. That's a guy that Gary Gygax yeah, wrote that. That's like one of module. the first. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Where I, I want to stick to specifically Arcanum because yep. that's their premier game, right? Yep. Um, it's their first game, yes, I believe, yeah, as Troika. But really, it's like Fallout. It is the spiritual successor to Fallout. Yeah, because Troika is people from Black Isle, and yes. there is literally it's oh just such God. a weird incestuous like family tree of wherever most of those people end up obsidian at the end of the road. But yeah. like getting there from Black Isle to obsidian is like yeah. this weird. Thing. I mean, the, the the death of interplay, like all that shit. Yeah. All right, Arcanum, isometric two D RPG. I think I bought it. I have the CDs somewhere. Wow. How many um, CDs is it? Dose oh, wow. uh, comes with a world editor that's really shitty. Um, Spiralbound manual. Oh, probably. It, the, the, I, the, when I got it off GOG, yeah, uh, it was 170 pages. And you have to Beautiful. read it. Beautiful. You have to read it because there's a lot of abbreviations that just aren't elaborated on. Yeah, that was like, because the last game I remember having the Spiralbound big fucking like reporter notebook was uh, the James Combat games, but those were for crazy people. Or Neverwinter Nights was the last one I Neverwinter Nights, that's the tradition because Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, yeah. I think both had Spiralbound. Or Baldur's Gate 2, definitely. Because sure Neverwinter Nights was like, yo, if you want to know anything about any spells, the entire directory is in this So that, that goes, like, yeah, that goes with D&D in general is like, we're going to give you this table of level 1 through 20 with all your base attack bonuses yeah. and, and like that here's stuff all the fucking the spells and you know now that stuff's just in a codex somewhere in the game which is fine Man, this but there thing. is something about having that thick like 80 page fucking book that came with Neverwinter that was just like shit. I think I texted you as I was reading it and I was like holy shit dude this manual like the, the writing it, it, Arcanum is a tragedy of the writing and like the ads do nothing to represent the actual game because it seems really silly from the ads and things like that like it's a fallout in that it's kind of Tongue in cheek, at least. Kind of. Yeah. But they play it straight for most of the time. But then others, there's just like, 
I think all those games kind of had goofy shit. I mean, even Fallout 1 is not terrifically goofy, but it still has. Yeah, those. then Fallout 2 goes like yeah. off the Fallout fucking 2 rails. Is just like, hey like guys, memes, have you 90s seen memes? any movie from the 1980s? Because yeah. we got all of them. Like, yeah. that's when that series kind of. There's makes literally that a shit. robot called Skynet. Yeah. Like, what, like, come on! Like, but Fallout One has more of a like you'll run across weird shit, but for the most place it, play, it most part it plays it pretty straight. Yes, um, you know the Vault Tech stuff is silly in its way, but it's not. But it's a tone, and they like Arkham yeah. is such a fucking hodgepodge. Like it kind of goes for that, but then it takes itself really seriously with other things. And then is it like Divinity? Like the new Divinity games are kind of like that, where they're goofy. Yeah. Mm, no, and that, like, some of the skills are goofy, but overall the plot. I would almost say Arkham's not. Uh, you know, I, Ben, fuck, I say goofy, but then you literally halfway through the game have to get, acquire a pirate ship, and you have to <laughs> fucking talk to an undead pirate named Stringy Pete. Nice, nice. And he, like, has a lot of, like, pirate dialogue, and it's really stupid. You know what? You Maybe uh, you're right. You have uh, insult sword fight? No, that's... that's there's, a, there's, a guy, <laughs> there's a guy in the big city, t- uh, Tarant, and... Actually, I want to say Tyrant. It's Tarant. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is, his name is H.T. Parnell. <laughs> Basically a stand-in for H uh, for PT Barnum. Oh, nice! So he has a two-headed cow that is literally like the sprite from Fallout oh, Fallout wow. One and Two. Yeah. Like, there's an orc that's just standing there, <laughs> and you can talk to him, and he's like the smartest orc. Cordy oh, fingers he doesn't say zug zug if you click on him much. No, he knows a lot about tea, <laughs> but then you realize that he's not an orc. He's just a human that looks like he's really ugly. <laughs> I, actually, good. as I'm saying it out loud, I guess it's, it's so bad. Yeah, it's pretty funny, but it's not like off the wall goofy. There's still like no, there's little jokes kind of, but that's that's close to Fallout. That's about one. Fallout. Yeah. Um, it's like you, you, you walk have, around the desert, you'll run across the the Doctor Who you know police box, but most people are never going to see that, and it's right. not like a side quest, right? Or you'll find a crashed Star Star Trek right, uh, exactly. ship in Fallout Two or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's not that ridiculous. There is um, a quest called the Stillwater Giant, which is basically like uh, Sasquatch in this little town, yeah. And you basically have to go on a quest to like this madman. He's like, he's like, oh, I found sad, I found the Stillwater Giant, and it just turns out to be a rabbit. He's like, no, no, that's its fake form. <laughs> It'll transform once we, like, get it, you know, and you have to, like, bring it to the Zoological Society and verify it. And they're like, this is a fucking rabbit, dude. Um, But if you wander around outside the town on the random map, you will find the actual Stillwater Giant, who is a bunny. And if you attack him, he turns into a giant. Beautiful. Um, (laughs) So there's a bunch of goofy shit. But, like, just mechanically, you look at that thing and you realize, like, Deus Ex came out right, like... Just in terms of... At the same time. At the same time, you're just like, this game looks like fucking shit. All the building, all the maps are one level. Mm Mm-hmm. There are no buildings that are like the vast majority of buildings oh, okay. are just so they're just facades. Like you yeah, can't you can't go up to them, mm-hmm. right? So like, and Bullet Escape is the same way. That's like a fucking hard two D limitation. Yeah, it just feels weird. So yeah, just going interior to exterior was like a big thing for Neverwinter Nights because they were all three D. So yeah, you could do and, that. Oh, man, but it's just even Neverwinter Nights that also came out around the same time. You're just like, well, they, yeah, it's, it's not it that does, much older than that. <laughs> it doesn't hold up because the graphics yeah. are fucking also, terrible. Also, the main the main campaign, the original the main campaign is, not is so bad. Hordes of the Underdark and the other one are great. are great. Um, um, but man, that original, yeah, that original and I so beat bad. that fairly like relative like within three years or four years. I went back and oh, yeah. beat it. and I was like, this fucking sucks. Like yeah, it's, it's really not even bad. good for a bio. Like it's, it's not even super. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, this was Bioware, and then you're like, it, it is the most like generic. Like there is a disease, cure it. Oh, you cured it. Now go to the yell. Like it is <sighs> yeah. the most generic fantasy. Like all right, story. there's four places you need to go yeah, in the city, and, and they literally yep, spoke off. And then of there's it. like okay, now there's another yeah. four areas, and you just keep doing that until the end. And you're like, yeah. oh, this I can't even. And it's that's why when Horse the Underdark came out, I was just like holy shit <laughs> like this is because the story in that alone is like really great let yeah. alone all the cool additional classes and all that other shit yeah, they yeah. Put in. it's just way more authored yeah, yeah. but as a crpg that there's arkham's always like no no man it was doing something edgy like steampunk blah, blah, blah. and like there's yeah. just not and that was kind of its claim to fame was like i mean i remember the ads were like arcanum the steampunk rpg like they very much had to be like this is what the hook is <laughs> Yeah, but like they made like anybody. anybody? Let's let's talk mechanically. Guns are fucking garbage in the game. That doesn't make sense. Steampunk. They're a lot terrible. Like the guns are fucking awful. They're barely. So what unusable. are the other weapon classes and swords and stuff? Yeah, like your typical fantasy. But like I just was totally magic and yeah. tech isn't really a big like. Ostensibly, it's a big part of the story, but then it just like halfway through it just becomes full fantasy. That's a really like, you literally go to an elven city up in the trees. Huh, okay, you go to so it is full fantasy. They oh, lied yeah. in their ads. No, it is full fantasy. <laughs> it is it is less or is more fantasy than even like um Shadow or no, Shadowrun. Yeah. Shadowrun, like easily. Like Shadowrun has a fucking dragon president. Yeah, <laughs> and this is somehow more fantastical than that. Like there's elf cities, there's dwarves, <sighs> like. <sighs> Yeah, at least all that stuff stays on the other side of the portal in Shadowrun. It's just the things that come through. Yeah, and it's it's a bizarre game. And like going back to that time, and it's like I I'm gonna beat it. Like I had like a really hard part, 
halfway through where this game will just let you go through a portal. It's like, oh, by the way, you're stuck here. It's like, yeah. you fucker. Like. That's, a, that's a bummer, too, because, like, if you go back to some of those games, a lot of things about the writing and, like, the complexity of the quest design yes. and stuff holds up and actually is impressive compared to today's RPGs. I've been dicking around with the, the original Mass Effect because... Uh, oh, wow. Why are you going they, back there, man? They, uh, Vinny and Alex on Giant Bomb started to play through oh, yeah. the first one, so I've been watching that because I love Mass Effect. I really do. I have, like, Vinny's level of, like, literally just like stay, let me listen to the music for a second yeah, like it's yeah. just and as soon as I started to hear the music and stuff I haven't played that game since it came out on Xbox so I was like um, I'm gonna go back and give it because like the other thing Vinny did was load it up with texture packs and it like looks really nice people it have really? done a lot of really nice textures work to it and do they ever get the gamepad working on computer that's the other thing they did oh. um, which is great the only thing is it fucks up the hacking mini game because the hacking mini game oh, on yeah. PC was Forgot built about the specifically for the PC because the original one on Xbox was a like ABYX slash sequence, and it turned into this like Frogger thing that you could do with a mouse and keyboard. So they completely changed the game for mouse and keyboard. Huh. And so they don't change the mini game back for the controller. It's bad, but that's the only part of it that's bad. Huh. Um, I think there's a mod that just strips those out too, so you can just do that. But going back to that game, like the combat is so clunky compared to the second one because the second one really just goes like, okay, let's stop fucking around. Let's just make Gears of War. Like make the impact, yeah. make it feel badass don't make it like terrible like i mean because i don't know the original mass effect i think is on unreal but it's the first time they weren't using the infinity engine for something so or or their engine which they use for kotor and jade empire also uh the aurora engine that's what it is right so this is the first time them using a third-party engine essentially and uh you can tell because the shooting is really bad um, it almost makes you be like, why don't you just do targeting? Yeah. Like, why don't you no. targeting, And, and right? like, it like, kind of does that thing where if you're pointing at them, it, yeah. you know, RPGs the shots at them and shit. But, like, little things, like, you can't throw powers around corners like you can in two. And just lots of satisfying things that come in two um, are totally missing. However, that game is such a good story still. Like, just it's hearing... It's a great story. Like, yeah. just the intro part on Eden Prime's great, but, like, them talking about the Reapers and the Protheans and introducing all those races, like... I was in the Citadel, and I still talk to everybody, and I know all that shit. Yeah. I remember it all. I listen to all the Codex entries because they're read in the first game by, like, a very stately narrator yeah, who tells yeah, you yeah. who the Krogans are. And, who the, and that stuff just, like, still works great. Yeah. So it's like I get – I do get the impulse to kind of try to bring those games forward and, like, keep all that complexity but, like, make the games fun to play again. Um, and that's it's an interesting thing about going back to, like, Arcanum or Neverwinter Nights <laughs> or any of these things is, like, maybe not Neverwinter Nights, the original campaign, but, like – you think about games writing now and it's like it was like better and more complex in some ways then but the game wasn't as fun to Dude, play. Dude, the mechanic every time I get into it the mechanics let me And know. that's the thing like when you go back you're just like man this was pretty fun when I and, and that's the part you forget is the shitty vi- the shitty video game part the part you remember is the side quests and the characters and the stories and stuff and uh, going back to the original Mass Effect was definitely like man this game is phenomenal it might be better than 2 as a story yeah. Because it is a through I, line, and that fucking ending when the Reapers are attacking yeah. the Citadel, and you're fucking running up the side of the Citadel. It's ridiculous. All that shit's happening. Like, yeah. That's one of the best parts of the entire series. Um, and 2 is great. 2's ending is wicked stupid, because it's like the... the you are literally fighting a giant, a like, giant death machine. Baby it's Terminator. Ridic- yeah, it's like, ridiculous. The Collectors are not a great bad guy no. compared to the Reapers, but all the like Star Trek episode sidelines in 2 are amazing, whereas the side quests in 1 are... Crap. It's a strong dude. I love yeah. this intro too. Yeah, like literally killing Shepard. Oh off god, like, yeah. That fuck you. We're gonna amazing. rebuild him. Like, like two is the best game in the series because of like the way it plays. Yeah. On top of the way like suicide, so many of those, suicide mission, dude. and that final mission is one of the best things Bioware has ever done. Full stop. Like it's just it is a perfect melding of their sensibility of like choice matters more than stats. Like this is role playing in the sense of you are creating a character in a universe off of your actions as opposed to character sheets yeah. and all that stuff. Um. So, yeah, it is really interesting to go back to these games because, like, unlike a lot of, like, platformers and action games you'd go back to, like, everything about those has gotten better, more or less. Yeah. Whereas RPGs, most things have gotten better, but some things were way better, like, 10, I mean, 15 the, years ago. The trade-off, right, is, like, I look at, like, something like Oblivion and Skyrim. Yeah. Like, that is the antithesis to a That's Fallout. That's the flip over. Yeah. yeah, which is hilarious because then Fallout 3 is the perfect juxtaposition because yeah. you have Fallout 3. That's Todd Howard's vision of yeah. how a game a RPG should be. And then... New Vegas. New Vegas. And there's a lot of new... There's a lot... There's so much of... Arcanum in New Vegas. Yeah. In New Vegas, you cannot just walk in a direction. Yeah. You literally have to do that you. Yeah. If you if you want to follow the story. If you want to yeah. follow the story, you're gonna follow that you and you go through these curated locations and you go up to whatever and, and then you go to, to the dinosaur, dinosaur and then you walk along yeah. the road across the and, and, and it, that and is stuff. so fucking 
I can see so much of the DNA from Arcanum trickle back down into all of their fucking like Alpha Protocol, with the yeah. morally gray stuff, and uh, but just just it's so fucking clunky, dude. Yeah. And like the have mechanics. You, have you played the Pillars of Eternity? They're they're kind. I of... I got really far into Pillars of Eternity, but that's more Infinity Engine. Okay, Honestly, yeah. that's way more like because I know that Subsidian's like. You know, they do a South Park game and then they make something yeah. they really want to make. Infinite, the pillar, they're fine. Yeah. Pillars of Eternity's fine. I had my I heard save the second though. one is much better. Or at least it much really? it, it seems like the setting being like this kind of pirate theme thing and just stuff sets it more apart from yeah. Divinity and the other ones in its kind of space. Well, the thing, Divinity comes out a bit, for me, nowhere. Yeah. That seems like its own weird well, and fucking... Yeah, Divinity's like this weird melding of a CRPG and an immersive sim because it has all the systems-driven yeah. yeah, stuff yeah, 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 of yeah. like, if you spread this on this surface, it changes all this other stuff, which... As far as I know, it didn't exist in the Infinity Engine games. The ability to like, change the environment no. based on physics and stuff. I mean, the environment was literally like a pre-rendered sprite. Yeah. Right? Like, and, like, you know, I remember, who was it? Somebody on a website was basically, there was a boss they had trouble with uh, in Divinity, and the way they beat them is just stacking chairs around them so yep. they couldn't move. Fuck them. I saw, <laughs> like, yeah. I saw a guy teleport using barrels. Yep. Just fucking the weirdest yeah. shit. It's really cool. Like, that stuff is is very I'm, unique to that series. I, I, like, I had a decision yeah. with, with Arcane. It was like, do I... Do, do I spend 35 to 40 hours just beating the core story? Right. Right? Or do I try one of the newer games? And I was like, no, Arcane, I might have to go back because I tried playing it so many fucking yeah. times. And just never, even back in the day, I was like, this is kind of fucking rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not gotten any easier. <laughs> Turns um, out the 15 plus years have not been good. No, and apparently they had a big creative shakeup in the middle of it and they just kind of got pushed out the door to make it, which is like huh. every fucking Trika yep. game, yep. basically. See example, um, Vampire Masquerade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vampire Masquerade is almost unplayable at the end. It's all fucking well, yeah. combat. Well, I mean, it's a bait and switch, arguably. It is a game that has been rendered good by fan patches <laughs> in, the, in the 10 years since it came See, out. See, and here's my thing. And so you can, there, there is a fan patch for Arcanum, I'm using it. I'm mm. using the only the fixes. I'm not using any of the cut content shit. But yeah. like, that doesn't count for for me. Yeah. Like, I can. I, I want to see the product as envisioned when it was kicked out the door. Yeah. Right. Holy shit, dude! And Vampire Bloodlines is a bait and switch because that first Santa Monica hub is so good. So good. Yeah. And then right. they just fucking funnel you down and down and down and down. It's like, oh, you got to kill these giant spiders in the sewer for an hour. Yeah. Because like, like that first this, dude. the the first hub, I remember being like, oh shit, this is a new Deus Ex game. Like finally, someone made something va- that is a spiritual vampire, yeah, dude. Like all the interaction, all the like the sprawl of it, like the apartments and all these little side things happening, like. I was pretty floored by that, yeah. And then I remember like getting past that and being like meh, and then never finishing it because it was also really broken. Your save files got corrupted easily. Yeah, I mean, I did finish it, but holy shit, at what cost to my soul? I I had I ended up I think I just rolled like a combat vampire, and I was like, well, I guess this is what they want me to do. What we're doing, yeah. So fucking, uh, I'm not gonna get the interesting. Uh, Malve- what the fuck are they called? Malkavian. Machiavellian, yeah, yeah. No, Malkavian. Oh, oh yeah, the yeah, fucking the, clan. One of the vampire clans. Uh, and <laughs> they can, like, talk to stop signs. Um, you, you can get, because they're insane. Oh, right. Um, and their blood's corrupted, and so you... Oh, that sounds good. But they, this is the thing. This is the thing that gets That's me. That's, like, a that, really cool thing, but it doesn't actually have any practical use in the game. So here's the thing. Here's the thing with Troika, Obsidian, and inter- old-school Interplay. Yeah. People love to say, new RPGs suck because I can't roll a character with one intelligence and have unique dialogue options. Yeah, yeah. Motherfucker... No one, no one besides you and four other people are going to do, do a, that. Are going to play just for kicks another fifty hours of the game, right? Right. With a low intelligence character, yeah. N- you know, like that's that is the fucking thing that bothers me. Fallout had it as well. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I felt like New Vegas splits that difference real well because they give you those. Uh, they call them traits, the things that are pros and cons, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like that stuff is completely unobtrusive. Like it, ch- it tells you when you do the New Vegas startup, it goes like this is for role-playing if you want to indulge in this, but otherwise, just skip it. Like, you don't need to look through this fucking list because this is for a specific group of people. And it's cool they put them in there, um, but, like, it's not part of the... Like, when you do Fallout 1 or 2, like, that's the third page you get to. It's like, do you want to be nearsighted? You're like, no. (laughs) Why would I want to do that? Yeah. Like, if I was playing this game through for the 14th time, I guess that's why you do it. It's one of those where it's like, yes, it is great that CRPGs can be this dense, but holy shit right now... They're not fun to play like that. Whereas, like, a tabletop game... For me, game, they're not... Yeah. In a, a tabletop, tabletop game, game, it makes yeah, sense. You can do all sorts of wild shit, and the game works around it in that way, whereas... Yeah, I mean... It, but, actually having to play a video game with, with you know, reactions and animations yeah. and all those other things muddies the... Just being able to imagine what it would yeah, be like it, to be nearsighted in a dungeon or whatever. I get what they're going for, which is the tabletop, like, oh, and then my character does this yeah. crazy thing. And, like, even in tabletop games, no one wants that guy in their fucking yeah. group. They's like, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> eh. Yeah. It's like... An interesting novelty that you can do it. It is clever that that's like the stat 
representation of sure. what being nearsighted is, but also practically in gameplay, it's not fun. So why waste time on it? <laughs> I, again, I would argue like in something like a Bethesda game where it's, yeah. you can just be you can just collect cheese. You know what yep. I mean? Like they give you more. Like that is not something you can do in Arcanum. Yeah, you can't have that kind of express. Like you can't. See, that seems antithetical to what they're pitching in some ways, which is like, we want you to be able to be any character, but like you can't interact with the economy outside of buying and selling, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Because um, like, I, I remember for, like even up to Oblivion, you could just, and that was what fucked up with Oblivion's level scaling is if you oh wanted to just be a merchant and just travel between towns selling stuff, like you would get housed because you would be high level, but you wouldn't be high combat level. You would get body, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is why they put that slider in. That was basically their fix. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can just do it on the fly, whatever. Yeah. I, I, again, the, the vision we were talking about, I think we were talking about this earlier. Mm. It's like the idea of Fallout to me is having my dog, my bolt action rifle, and just wandering. Yeah. And Fallout 3 does a better job of that than Fallout 2. Yes. I'm just, like, it is. Well, Fallout 2 gets so ridiculous towards the end. And like, Fallout, and you know, one thing Bethesda is very good at is making wanderable pieces yeah. of landscape landscape that is constantly has something on the horizon you want to get to yeah. whether it's on your compass or literally something you can see they are it's why, experts. it's why that. i love the new zelda so much ben it's yeah. why i'm playing through it fucking again trying to get all the shrines it's why it's, also like even though i don't like fallout 4 that much i felt it drew me through that world very effectively because like you're coming out of the like the lexington and concord area then you see the city that's yeah, your yeah, new yeah, objective yeah. you see the lights of diamond city that's your new objective then you see the glow on the horizon that's the glowing sea that's your new thing like it, it is I, pulling you through very well i've made i almost installed fall for probably a month ago but I, i've made the conscious decision like i put in 170 hours I've like bought, i gotta stop I it's think gotta be on done sale i bought far harbor because i'm curious oh you uh, never played far harbor i never did it's no. really good so i heard I it was pretty it. good and 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 i like nick valentine a lot and he's like one of the things i do remember liking about that game and like the idea of like cyborg main that's kind of neat <laughs> like they, what they need to do ben is honestly i would just jettison the fucking main story yeah and have just it's have guild stories always been the weakest part of everything they've done every time they try no we're getting the, we're getting john we're, get, we're, get, we're getting john luke picard to do the like nope no one cares dude no like, one gives a fuck i think the last good story that bethesda put I, the skyrim one's not terrible uh, it's just not as exciting as a bunch of the games. Yeah, but did quests. they need to get Max one side out now? No. And that's they like did. their their funny thing, like with Elder Scrolls Online, like in their intro, they have like five celebrities you'll recognize, like John Cleese and Malcolm McDowell and whatever. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's who gives a fuck? Like it's only like, about the first twenty minutes of the game that, that even matters. They they need end. to go full immersive sim and be like, Yeah, fucking there is no main story, dude. And, nope. and you but you can basically play it that way, so I can't even each city has its own thing, like kind of more close to the Witcher, which is like yeah. there's a main thing, which is fine Siri, but like every city you get to has its own plot that's, line I think that's and side quests that all interact yeah. with each other. And oh and by the way, and like yeah. here's the thing. You like yes, I have a ship in Arcanum. I got it from Stringy Pete. He's an undead pirate. I, I lifted a curse on him and I got a ship, right? Very cool. Cool. <laughs> I still don't feel any attachment like I did when, like, uh, in Morrowind, I found an apartment that was empty and I was like, I'm taking this fucking thing. Or I, the Normandy in Mass Effect. Yeah, or the Normandy. For right. example. Right. And it's just like, I don't feel anything. Like, I don't know. I don't, you don't feel that way in Fallout 2. You get a car in Fallout 2. It's pretty dope. And the Normandy in Mass Effect has its own theme music. It's very good as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's, they, they do such a good job. Like, many. Like, that's the other thing about Mass Effect 1. Can I continue to rave about? You get on that Citadel within the first hour or two of the game. Yeah. And it introduces you to every major and minor race in that series in the Citadel. And it's fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> Because it's super all of cool. them are so cool and right. well-developed. Um, and, and they just do an expert job of that. And then introducing what the Spectres are and what the Councils are and what... One of my favorite things about Mass Effect is the idea that humanity just showed up. It wasn't like, we made it to the stars. Yeah. Like, we got to the stars and the aliens were like, we've been here for thousands of years. Yeah, like, what Get the fuck, line. dude? Like, that's... We're not that's, giving you... And going forward, that's what sucks about Mass Effect 3 is because they center everything on Earth in Mass Effect 3. Like, Earth is important in any way, shape, they, or form. They tried to doom to it. And they were like, oh, actually, like, eh. the Prothean beacon was on Earth the whole time. Eh. Fuck off. Like, no. The best part about Mass Effect is that it takes the humans are the specialist people in space and goes, fuck that. Yeah. And, and like, this is a galactic society. And that's why it's so interesting. And I'm going off a tangent. But either way, they <laughs> really? did such a good job in that game. Got a bone of, to pick like, with Casey Hudson, don't you? all that stuff out on that Citadel, which should be a really boring, like, non-combat hub. But they do such a good job of... There is combat sprinkled within. You get jumped a few times in the Citadel. But um, it's just... It was, like, a master class in introducing in a universe. Because, like, even just... I think the original Dragon Age also has a similar, like, just, wow, they had this fucking, so figured out. I love out. the first Dragon Age. And, I mean, Dragon Age is even more elaborate because of all the different origin stories. Yep. And you can come from being, but, like, 
a, yeah. an elf in a dwarf in poverty, or you can be a high highborn I mean, elf. But, again, but like, again, like if you're looking at it as like if you're cranking out a product, yeah. it, it does not make sense to make five no, opening like, areas for a fucking game. I think they've said as much. The reason they did that is because Dragon Age was announced way too early. Yeah, of <laughs> like course. they announced yeah, yeah. it eight years before it came out, and they had a very long time to make content for that game, which is why it's just endless seemingly especially compared to two and three yeah like, three is big but three is big with shit largely like there's a lot of bloat to that game yeah. whereas dragon age one i don't remember that bloat ever being a thing where it's like oh another one of these whereas dragon age three is full of that shit at least you know dragon age two is the hyper compromised like I, get this game I, done in 18 months okay we can only Dra- set it in one city <laughs> Dragon Age, as I played it, and I was like, I was like, oh man, I mean, this is a great test run for the next Mass Effect. Yeah. And then I spoke too soon. And then it was a that's fucking exactly nightmare. What they did. Yeah. Um, definitely. Also, the other thing about man. playing Mass Effect One is going like Andromeda happened. Holy fuck. Yeah. How far this series fell. Like this was, uh, you know, that era for Bioware was like Mass Effect and Dragon Age Origins. Two, it, probably two of the best games they've ever made. I would say it started with Code One after the other. It started with Code yeah, Four being like, hey, we're going to. Like, everyone's like, oh, like, I love Bioware. And it's like, Bioware, what the fuck is that? Yeah, like, the PC, they make whatever. nerd yeah, shit. Yeah. And, and then, then Kotor was like, oh, Kotor was like, oh shit, I'm playing this on my Xbox. This and is then, the best Star Wars game ever made. And did they then, go from uh, Kotor J- right into. Jade Empire, yeah, it was the next one. Uh, Jade, and Jade, Jade Empire is like, ambitious in the way they wanted to make like a fighting game RPG, but it's not that good yeah it would be cool to see him try it again um but i think i have that on gog or something i have yeah. i own some version of i played it. it on xbox i remember it fondly in some ways but it is definitely the fireware game i don't think about that much but then yeah after that it's dragon age origins and mass effect one and two which is just like an insane run for mass for effect two studio. was fever pitch dude oh my god it was so good it's the best and of course everybody has to peak at some point clearly for them i think it was mass effect two it's probably the best game in my estimation, they made. I am not as fond of the older Infinity Engine games just because I was too young to really get them. Yeah, so like I, I don't. Have, I have tried numerous times to beat two. And I just can't do it. Yeah, I've beaten Baldur's Gate one. Definitely respect fine. them. I have played two a fair amount, but like I just Kotor was the game that made that Bioware logo important to me, and now makes me very sad when I think about it because yeah. it's just like I want to be excited for Anthem, but it's just not there. Like I can't. I can't muster it yet. We'll see. I'm fucking tired. I, I don't even play them, and I'm tired of shared yeah. experiences. But the, like, but I'm the idea so of like, fucking everything burned out. has to be four player co op. But it like, doesn't though. But it doesn't, Ben. And then it being doesn't like, have to be. Oh yeah, story's not going to happen in this game. There's going to be no relationships. It's like, why is Bioware even making this? Like, I don't even understand what that studio is anymore. If they're not about, but I think you just role playing and romance. I think your feelings towards the Tanari are listen, man. They're blinding you to specific, a great shared experience. Game. Specific things. I, I did start. I, I never played Femship all the way through. My my main ship was me <laughs> as a shepherd, yep. and um, I think the male shepherd has the some. He gets better as the series goes on. Sure. Fuck, he sounds bored in that first game. Like, it is... I mean, Jennifer Hale is a way... She's a prolific voice actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been in every game you can think of. And you would know her voice as soon as you hear her because she's Femme Chef. But her her performance compared to his is, like, night and day. It's hilarious. I guess I'll have to play through it again. Yeah. If I'm, oh, no. No, no. I'm going to play yeah, something you know, new. Just, yeah. I'm going to play something new, Ben. Tell play me about... Play about a, Tell me about a new game, Ben. A new video game playing. that yeah. came out in the year 2018? Yeah. Actually, technically, it came out in 2016 on early access, but no, it was 2017, I think. Came out for real. Dead Cells. Dead Cells, the hottest new jam in the Metroidvania run-based thing, whatever the fuck it's Which called. Is it like, uh, uh, what the fuck is it? Rogue Legacy Rogue is Legacy. not a bad comparison. It is Castlevania-y in that it is very combat-focused. It just has that style, like Symphony of the Night maybe is the style of pixel art you would look at. Like, it's really Does he leave detailed. a trail of... Mm-hmm. Does he really? Runs. Yep, Yo, yep. all right. Yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of cool little references to other things. Like that's for Castlevania. There's literally so, <laughs> like Spelunky, where you can change the uh, the health item to yep. be whatever yeah, you yeah. want. There's a menu option in Dead Cells to change the food which you get out of the walls, sure. uh, to be you know normal uh, <laughs> vegetarian. Only, only bread. Wow! And then one of them is just Castlevania, and it turns all the food into Castlevania food. It's really good. Uh, when you do the freeze blast, it's Sub Zero's freeze blast exactly. <laughs> like there's, they're cool stuff all over the place like that. But basically, what the game is is a run based two uh, uh, D. Uh, I guess Castlevania. Like again, you're fighting monsters in a castle. So I guess but that it's procedurally generated, right? Kind of. It's the Spelunky hand stitch levels. Put together in different ways. Yeah, yeah. It is not so, completely so you, procedural in a 
No Man's Sky or a... Oh, my God. Or, but, like, where you have a lot of very clear just, like, yeah. sprawl. But, of but there's, like, the caves, the yeah. desert. The, so yeah. every run is... At first, you... So basically, you have a one tr- one trail to the first boss. When you start, as you get through bosses, you get permanent unlocks, which are, like, double jumps or ground pounds. Yeah. Things like a Metroid game that would open up parts. So then when you're going through the prisoner's quarters, first you can only get out through one exit, and then there's a, a, a vine power-up you need. And once you get the vine power-up, that enters, it's a branch. So now the second level can either be uh, the ramparts or the sewers. And then from there, the sewers, branches, and so on and so forth. So it, it kind of, it is just, there is, it always begins and ends in the same place, but the way you split changes as you huh. go through. Which makes the run base part of it really good, because unlike Rogue Legacy, where you were starting in the same area, going through the same order of bosses each time, this time around, you can be like, well, this time I'm going to go to the sewers. Oh, I don't like the sewers. I'm going to go to the promenade. And you'll get different weapons, different enemies dependent on. But it makes it so each run, you can mix it up a huh. lot. Uh, is the combat tighter than like a uh, Hollow Knight? It's the tightest, man. It's the <laughs> tightest combat. Like, it's seriously, as, a 2D, as far as 2D like action games go, it just has great weight to it. The dodge is insane. Like, just has a really long, satisfying, huge amount of iframes, which makes it really cool. Um, there's dozens of weapon types. You unlock them very gradually as you go along. And, um, like, you know, you start with a sword and shield. That seems basic. And then you get two daggers, which has a critical at the end of it. And that becomes a, you can do the two slashes and then save the third one for another one. And then there's hammers and, and pole arms and You're saying it's similar to, like, Monster Hunter, where it's, like, there's yeah. genres of weapons. There's gen- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, and you kind of, the, the run-based nature of it is actually genius because it makes you go out of your comfort zone. If you get really good at like short swords and freeze, you're not going to get that every run. Yeah. So you need to get good at heavy swords and tools, tools like turrets and grenades. Those are a different thing entirely. And you get mutators at the end of each level that, so for one run you are like, Oh, okay, I want to reduce grenade cooldowns because I have a bunch of grenades, but then next run you don't have any grenades. So you put it into melee attacks and stuff like so. The builds are just so natural. Like the way you get it at the beginning and then you start, playing then maybe you get a legendary drops there's yellow drops that have huge amounts of stats effects on them and that changes your whole build because like now you're using a bow and arrow that does way more damage than everything else but now you have to get a better uh like a quicker melee weapon and get something to freeze people so you can shoot them and stuff like that so it is just really good at both making experience the combat and making you constantly push out of your comfort zone as as someone who has never beaten or even i don't think i've beaten a boss in rogue legacy would i just bounce off this Mm -mm. no I would say because I only got through like the first boss before I kind of burned out. I think I killed the eyeball once and then I never fucking did. Yeah, Yeah, the bosses are hard in this game, but it is a bit more like the actually there is a boss that is kind of like that eyeball thing. But it's a little different. But either way, most of the bosses, uh, at least the first major one you fight, definitely has more of a like he has five tells, five attacks. He will beat the shit out of you the first couple times because he does a lot of damage. But once you start to learn how to slow him down with freezes or use certain turrets or whatever, I can beat him every single time now. So huh. it's like it's a very muscle memory kind of thing, which I really appreciate. Are there, is there like Splunky where you're able to skip segments? Yes. Really? So that's a really cool thing because like... That's uh, the, I hated that about Rogue Legacy. It's such a great... Uh, so this is another awesome thing they do. So there's basically these doors throughout the levels that have a part time. If you get to them within two minutes or within five minutes or whatever, you get behind them and they have a shitload of upgrade materials. So it basically makes it, at first, what you want to do is go through the first level, comb the whole thing, get all the upgrades, get all the tools, get all the scrolls that power up your stats. But if you get tired of that, you can just rush through the first level and basically make up all the stuff you would have found behind one of those doors. So it gets you to the second level much faster. And then I believe, and I don't know exactly how this works, but there's doors around the various levels that will just skip you to a later part of the game. So, like, if you were going for the boss in, like, the third or fourth group of levels and you started over and you're like, I don't, you know, you have to go through yeah, yeah, three yeah. other stages and build up again and whatever. Or you can go this door that you've eventually locked by killing bosses enough, you just go through it and skip to the third level. So, like, a little huh. bit like Spelunky. It's not like the pay thing where you're paying the guy. Well, the whole thing but, with Spelunky is that that's just, that's just basically their... The shortcut system is only in Splunky to get you familiar with the area so exactly. that you can do it in one shot. Because you you're, should start in the caves. Yes. Because you you're at a huge disadvantage exactly. if you don't. Exactly. Like, a run where you start in the ice caves is not going to go well. Um, basically, because the ice caves are terrible. But also, actually, I think the jungle is probably the worst biome in that game for me, personally. Yeah. I mean, I... Um, 
that game has so many layers to it. Like eventually, like the jungle becomes nothing for me. Well, then the ice level I have no problem with, but the jungle. Right. I, every time I go back to it, it just oh, it's fucking shit brutal. Shit out of yeah, me. And I think that uh, Derek, you said that. That's the, the going from relatively easy in the caves to really hard back to relatively easy yeah. again is this kind of rhythm he wanted. I mean, to the temple to. level at the end is fucking brutal. Yeah, like those that one's brutal too. And shit. Um, but as far as like the the ones you spend a lot of time in, yeah, yeah, yeah that one's the jungle's the worst. But anyway, so the the biomes in there's a lot more in. There's probably 20, I think, in oh, really? in Rogue Legacy. Yeah. Oh, sorry, in uh, Dead Souls. Is it longer or short? Are you, is there a, just a hard time limit where a ghost will come and kill you, or can you just no. chill? No, you can explore. Chill. You okay. can. I mean, I've taken 15 minutes clearing the first level before, and then other times, like I'm now in the habit of running through it in two minutes because I know that I You're can waste time anyway, going right? all yeah. over and fighting like simple enemies. It's fun to like you know relax and kind of get used to the weapon you're using that's the other great thing is the first level it has a lot of very easy enemies so if you're given a weapon you don't know how to use you're given a lot of time to get used to it um but yeah they constantly just give you more hooks to like spice it up with either new weapons or a different run a different area to go to a different boss how many fight. how many hours have you put in uh, at least a dozen at this point uh, and i delete my save when i got it. so i had early access um played it back and then kind of stopped at the beginning of this year and when you boot it up in PC if you run early access say hey delete your save if you want to see the lore stuff there's not a lot of lore and the game is very like flip about its lore which I really like actually because <laughs> your guy will just like read stuff and just be like mm, and just keep going like there's little areas where it'll kind of pause the timer it'll let you read some flavor text there's a disease that killed everyone. Like, it's not a super sure. great story, but it doesn't treat it like that, which yeah, I yeah. actually think is way better than... Uh, so it's a Doom approach where he just punches yeah, the scrolls? Actually, he's the, like, actually, fuck these the scrolls. The Doom Slayer is not a bad... Uh, uh, what your guy... or He's not even, doesn't have a gender. You're a bunch of cells in a dead body. Like, yeah. You have no... <laughs> you're just kind of a head that glows. It's really, yeah. It's really cool, and that's how they explain you. Uh, re- reconstituting sure. every run. But, uh, I mean, you know, the main thing is about it is the feel. I think it was the Rock, Paper, Shotgun review is, like, literally all you need to do to sell someone on this game is give them the controller and then tell them to hit the skeleton with the sword, and they'll understand why. There's dodges, right? Yeah. There's oh, big, long dodge fuck. rolls, and it it's weird. Like, 2D, uh, like, Souls-ish games have existed for a while. There's a couple of Salt and Sanctuary is one of them, which I very much didn't like because it was... Yeah. Dark Soulsy in ways like it gestured directly at Dark Souls very clearly, but it kept like this very juggle heavy like two D combat that didn't meld at all, and like dodging was really hard to read, and it was just it's it, I just didn't like it very much. And like if you want to do the precision of Dark Souls combat where it's about the dance and like getting your openings, yeah, like this game does that really well, and huh. I haven't really seen. I I think Hollow Knight gets really good at that later when you have more abilities and you can kind of modify I'm, your combat with the charms and stuff. I have such fucking mixed feelings with Hollow Knight, dude. Oh, I, I that's been a weird thing to watch people go nuts over that game like a year after it came out because it came out on Switch and it's like where were you motherfuckers and I remember that Holiday came out like at the same time that Breath of the Wild yeah. Horizon like all those games I, came out in that March of that year I, I don't know so that, it got buried I don't know that I I should have beaten it I don't know it's one of those things where it's a game where I mean it has a specific feel to it the, like the kind of bounciness of the sure. combat and stuff is, is a thing that it is committed to Yep. Um, but uh, but I'm not putting another 20 hours to get the true ending. I'm not yeah. going to fucking do it, dude. I didn't even do that. Though, honestly, again, hearing people just like, like Kotaku especially, is just like everybody got keyed into that game like a year and a half late, and there's just columns about it constantly. I'm like, I'm glad that people are recognizing how sweet this game is, but w- why a year later? I think Kirk Hamilton had a column where he's like, actually, fuck Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, the and, then someone, and then someone wrote a rebuttal after yeah, he asked like, them to. Actually, fuck you. He's it's like, great. Yeah, actually, fuck you. But I was like, eh. Kind of with Kirk Hamilton on this. Yeah, I mean, not everyone's going to like it, but I do think it is... that What that game specifically does is not combat, necessarily. I think combat's fine, and I think the progression, I like the map system, but it does the mood of a Souls game better than any other Souls game. Uh, When you get down to the, the city and it's, like, raining... That, yeah. I love that. And That's it, awesome. It just the intrigue of like, where is this place? What's happening? Yeah. Who are these people? Like, that doesn't exist in Neo. That doesn't exist in right. Salt and Sanctuary. Like, and it's kind of it's got the cutesy. Like, yeah, and I really love the art style. Yes. I love the voices. I, there's it's in, it's a very very well crafted game. But I wanted to put my controller through the fucking monitor but, several times. You know, there is a thing to it. The the bounciness of it, and and the boss fights in that game, I think, are similar to Dead Cells in that they are memorize these attacks yep. and you won't even get hit. Yep. And that's that's closer to Dark Souls than like tank it and just take these hits because our you know our frames don't match up. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, long story short, um, Dead Cells is like just an exercise in incredibly well-tuned game design, but also all the decisions around it, like the unlock structure, the shortcuts, there's so many things that you constantly see there's like that's an incredibly good idea. Like it, the, 
Motion Twins developer. They're French. They're inc- this is their first game, and I am very excited to see what they do next. But this game is really, really good. And it's kind of a bummer because it's coming out when Hollow Knight, La Mulana 2. Uh, Fuck La Mulana. God damn this, it. This, uh, a bunch of other Metroidvania-ishy yeah, 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 yeah. What, What's the other one I confuse this with? Um, Chasm? Chasm, which got torn apart because it was launched around all these other great games too yeah but, it, um, but that, that game was kickstarted and like that game was a like while six ago or right seven years yeah. I, I have a pin from pax like the first one Fuck. of that little character from chasm i yeah, have not played it because i heard it's pretty bad but um you know generated 2d metroid ish type games are are all over the place these days but dead cells i think stands out because the action is so fucking good that uh it's the one I would right. choose outside of Hollow Knight, which I also really like. But it's a completely different game, also. Like Dead Cells. The yeah. other thing about Dead Cells too, I would say I ended up comparing it a lot to in my brain is Mirror's Edge, because sure. it is about get. So when you kill enemies, you get a speed bonus. So what it wants you to do is just tear through those levels. It's part of the part time also is like once you get comfortable, it wants you to just move because. Yeah. Not only are your attacks really rhythmic and all that stuff, but you have a ground pound that you should be doing constantly. It feels great because if you land on guys, they just blow up. Um, and so it just it never wants you to be like anything less than sprinting. And so when you get in that flow of just bouncing around, killing four things, looping around, and it's continually going like, go faster, go faster, yeah, yeah, go faster, yeah. it really feels like that kind of flow state you get into a Mirror's Edge. Only it doesn't have the trip and fall nearly as bad as that. Like, if you get hit in Dark in Dead Cells, it's bad, but it's not, like, a complete momentum. Like, I don't even know which way I was facing, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. in a first-person game. But the pace of, like, once you get going, it just builds and builds and builds and builds is really, really satisfying. All so. right. Speaking of, it's going to be a weird uh, transition. Mm-hmm. I bought a Pro Controller for a Switch. Yeah. For fifty bucks, because I couldn't be, I couldn't pay seventy, because it's fucking insane. Good on you, because I still haven't done that. <laughs> you should, because holy shit, everything. It, it's true. The, the, the build quality is really good on it. It's just the buttons it's a, are big. It's nice. It feels it's good because the build quality on the the Pro Controller for the Wii U is cheap as fuck, and that thing yep. was like fifty bucks. No, this one's great. I after holding that one, I was like, I I'm not gonna spend money on one of their Pro Controllers because if this is their definition of Pro, they need to work. And then it was like, oh, this one's seventy dollars. I'm like. The heft, uh, the heft is good. But uh, uh, yeah, I have used big. it and my cousin since then, and it is quite nice. It's great, especially when I was playing Bayonetta. I was like, I should not be using the Joy Cons for this game. This is so bad. You, you don't realize how much, how little range of motion oh, you that, get the on the throw those? on that little joystick yeah. is Which, terrible. It's bad, but I, it's, it's fine. It's great for a handheld. It's just yes. for a big TV game. It's but it's for a TV game when you're like holding that, yeah, yeah, no. Like I imagine Pro is great. People are like, you can play Doom on the Switch. It's like, can you though? <laughs> can you actually play a dual joystick shooter on those things? Um, Speaking of controls that aren't working so well, mm. let's talk about No Man's Sky. The yeah. other hot 2018 let's talk release. About it. Hottest new release of 2016. That game is still a fucking mess. It is. But it, it's an endearing some, mess still yeah, to me. Yeah, there's something there. It's kind of like the child that behaves badly all the time, yeah. and you're just kind of like, God but damn occasionally it. it gives you a really great picture, and you're like, you know what? Yeah. I can't it be mad. I can't it. stay mad at it. It was like, worth it for this red planet full of floating glass obelisks that I found, or whatever. Yeah. Um, fuck it. Yeah, no, it's been a real roller coaster for that game because, like, they put out their big next update, um, which added multiplayer. And the, the update is literally called massive, next, I massive uh, graphical overhaul, like draw distance, clouds, water, ring planets, et cetera, et cetera, and bringing in uh, kind of. I think one of the big things it fails at is it doesn't build on the other expansions logically in any way, shape, or form. It just lets yeah. them exist and is like, yeah, that's. We made that a half a year ago. We didn't bother to tie it into this. So now there's two base quest lines that yeah. somehow uh, intersect with each other, but it doesn't make any sense because if you never built the round room from the old shit, <laughs> you'd never know what glass is, and that'll huge yeah. roadblock like four or five hours into the main quest. Like it, it, it is so poorly bundled together. It's really astonishing. I mean, it is, it is the prototypical, like, you build a house, then yeah. you build one expansion in this yeah. direction, then you kind of build another one on top of a rickety part of the <laughs> yeah. house. And you're like, actually, I want the other side of the house. Yeah. Like, it's it, a great analogy. It's just kind of like a house like bolted a bunch of shit together. It's and the, you're Weasley, like, ah, it's the Weasley know. house from Harry Potter. It's like a yes, bunch of exactly. houses stacked of yep. different types stacked on top of each other. And again, like I should, on principle, be like, fuck this game. But like I, they put so much effort into yeah. it. So and parts still, of the presentation are exceptionally good. But then there's just stuff like sometimes the tutorial text just isn't right. Yeah, it's no, just wrong. It's, like sometimes it's just wrong. There about is stuff. so much about that game. And, and so I have 100 plus hours in that game now on stage. Um, and so that says something about it, right? It's this push pull of like, I'm frustrated with it 
frequently now, especially the more I've played of it the last couple weeks. Like, I started out being like, man, they really overhauled it. Cut to a week later, I'm like, yeah, they overhauled it, but it's still an absolute fucking train, train wreck. Like, the freighters don't work right. Like, I had a glitch where I have... So you can find other ships on the planets. You have freighters now. One of the things they added at some point was the ability to, when you find a busted ship, if you can repair the engines, essentially, you can have it go to your yeah, ship. Yeah. Or you can call it down just like you can right. call down your ship now. Um, so I got a freighter. I put all my ships on the freighter. I go to land on the freighter. It lands my ship inside of one of the other ships. Ah, so I can't get it back. Fuck. So I'm like, okay, what do I have to do? So what I have to do, because the game is not fixed, and they patched this game like five or six times since then. Uh-huh. They have not fixed that glitch. What I basically, so what I've been doing a lot, I feel like it's like essentially QA work, which is like, well, if I teleport to a planet from the space station <laughs> and then call my ship down. Yeah, you can pull it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. reset it. To Wait, so you have multiple mission. ships? Yeah, which was dumb. I what? didn't need to do it because they were, I basically found a bunch that were like 20 slots, but they're mostly broken. Right, right, but right. I, so I repaired the lift engines and repaired the pulse engines so it can fly. Yeah. And then just left it and oh, then add it because you can add it to your collection. Like, so instead of. I had no idea. Because when you find one, you can exchange it with your current ship. Yeah, or you can add it to your collection, which just means that you have the ability to call it down or it. Rests well, on I your feel freighter. like a fucking idiot now, Ben. Thank you. I mean, you. there's there is a they use don't tell you multiple that. ships, but I, mine are all junk. Like it's I have a, I have a fucking yard full of dead cars, essentially. In my <laughs> you're freighter. that you're that neighbor. I'm that guy, my neighbor I, actually. <laughs> that, but, God, you just got another fucking ninety two Accord. Yeah. Why? What's he gonna do with it? What's he gonna do with it? Oh, he's gonna already put it on cinder blocks. God damn it! Up with a bunch of weird stuffed animals. Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh god, he's gonna fill it up with parts of another car. Of another car, of course. Uh, um, fuck. Yeah, so that's what my freighter is. But like, just things like when I jump to another system, my freighter has a crew. The crew of the, the crew freighter. changes race. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. When I started, it was a Gek crew, and then I teleported to a Corvax system, and now they're Corvax. Eh. Like they just switch out, and that's been a glitch for weeks. You just have a very diverse workforce, man. just weeks. And I'm like, oh, okay, this doesn't really affect anything, whatever. But like, I, there's so many instances where I have to logic out how to fix this glitch, and I'm just like, I get that there's only 15 people here, but how the fuck can I still not look at the galaxy map when I'm not in my ship? <laughs> nope, like, can't you, do it. You put in a navigational device that lets you jump back to any system you've been to, which is great because it means you don't have to waste fuel to go back to your base. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is once you get to your base, you have no idea where you came from because there is yeah. no indicator of like, for instance, your capital ship, which is where you want to get back to, uh, has an icon on the galaxy map. Every other thing that has a galaxy map icon, like a, a mission or the Atlas stations or whatever, shows up on that list with a little icon next to it. It puts out the top of the list to let you know. For some fucking reason... <laughs> The one waypoint that will never show up on that list is your capital ship, which is just like, fuck, this is a menu, like, yeah, check some balance you change. Like, how the fuck is this still a thing? And so, like, that's what I run up against that gets me more frustrated than anything is like, this isn't like the, oh, the untamable procedural generated super universe we can't account for. This is a simple UI decision that's still broken after two goddamn years like because that te- the the transporters have been in since the first base update which was like four months after the game really came out. yeah so Damn. like that stuff has been around forever huh um and so the fact that that stuff still doesn't work is just like what have you guys been doing for the last two years i mean i get it they're moving forward instead of looking backward but at a certain point it accumulates into this pile of stuff that makes the game like i if i was a new player coming to this game and didn't know all the weird tips and tips and shit that I learned from playing the original version, like, I don't know, like, they tell you how to, like, Sentinels, for instance. There's, yeah, there this, are space cops on bothers, every planet. This bothers the fuck out of me. You shoot the space cops, they come after you, if you go into a, a thing or escape, it says, hey, kill them all, it'll make them go away. Yeah, that is not how it That's works. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm you talking about. You could kill them right. all for the whole game, and you will eventually die because they never stop coming. Right. But they it's, follow you into space. The tooltip still right. fucking says That's what I was that. talking about. The Two copy years, the tooltip yeah. is still wrong. It's like, I don't know. This, it's, this is, I don't want this whole thing to just be like admonishing them, but fuck, come on. I mean, I bought it. I Do they not have a whiteboard in their office that says, hey, maybe we should like make it so you can see where your ship is? They do, Ben, but all the death threats for butterflies <laughs> right, are right. covered. They're, they're like, covering oh, all the gotta get this, And there are butterflies now, so they got oh, that taken God. care of. There are also like forests. That guy like, has probably tried to shoot up a sorority at this point. Probably, yeah. like he is. He's, probably, he's moved on to other important business. Yeah, like um, uh, talking about uh, Battlefield Five historical accuracy. Exactly. He's, he's got other stuff to do, but like, 
yeah, there's, but on the flip side, there's just like cool things I'm starting to notice. Like there's canyons now. There were never canyons or gorges or anything severe like that. There were never mountain ranges before. There are now. Like just cool stuff they've done to the procedural dials that make the planets cooler, I think is like, has kept me going. Kept me like, what, what else have they changed? What else I, is going? I am starting to hit the edge of that though. Like every frost planet is now looking the same. Every, yeah. yeah. So uh, I once I got the car, like the RC car plus hours, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once I got the RC car. Yeah. I was like, OK, I can deal with this. That you, thing's all right. You yeah. can mine from it. Yeah. Which is That's fucking dope. It is kind not of, everything. You can't do like advanced. Like, it is advanced, a, but, speaking of Mass Effect 1. It is a significantly better version of the Mako, essentially. Yeah. Like, it does still feel like it's filled with air foam. Yeah. yeah. It just feels like it's, it's a balloon. But, but like the it's fun. <laughs> it's weird that like terrain generation of Mass Effect 1 is it's crazy. Like you can't see it with my hands, but just like. It's math gone crazy. There is no flat spot on any of yeah, those planets. Yeah, it's a really it bad height map. Is what it is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's terrible. Crazy. So driving this like styrofoam light thing in low gravity on that is just the worst. Is there a jump button in Mass Effect One? Yes, there is. And yeah, it's very bad. Yeah, it's just a little jet jump. Uh, but Dope. at least the height map stuff in No Man's Sky is a little more like kind of how terrain works. I think I brought this up before. There's a great GDC talk about this, and I, I rewatched it recently just to get an idea of what like the math is involved. Yeah, it's fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. Um, when you think about like the fact that it generates the entirety of the planet ecosystem biome, everything when you enter that system is fascinating to me. Like just, I think just I, the tech that's on display yeah. is still crazy. I would not be shocked if like literally it's just a 60, well, that each planet is a 64 bit number and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they just like pull that number and they say, okay, we're going to derive Render everything it. from it. Yep. And your computer does it on the fly or your, yeah. your console. Well, I know it does because it killed your graphics card. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I lost a graphics card. I lost a graphics card to it being a 780, something that's so old that when you go to NVIDIA's site, they're like, y'all want Windows 7 drivers? No. Uh, we ain't got Windows 10, even though damn. all their drivers work with all their cards. So, so what'd you end up doing? You got a... 7550 and a Radeon, like a two gigabyte Oh, shit. Radeon. How it's, are you living? It's not... I can actually still play No Man's Sky. It's, it's a beast, especially when you're in space. It's just like, you saw a space station, welcome to three frames a second. But... <laughs> Yeah. The other thing about that game is it doesn't really require Twitch reflexes for anything no. other than the combat, and you are better off if you never engage in the combat yeah. in the game because it's fucking shit. Um, it's gotten a little better. They added some more weapons. The shotgun's actually pretty fun relative to the terrible pulse rifle in that game, but it's oh, also floaty rifle. and slow. I mean, they made a camera that is deliberately made for slow pans across vistas, and they were like, what if we made it a shooter too? It's, it's awful. But Third person's kind of jank as well. Yeah, uh, though, honestly, the thing that it adds and, and I, the scale it adds to just seeing your guy in comparison to sure. the yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. planet looming over the yep. horizon or so have you gotten frigates for your freighter? Fleet Hell yeah. And you have to repair them. That's kind of annoying. Yeah, but I like the first time it made me land and I'm like spacewalking on the outside of the thing. I was like, this is great. And I'm like, I bet I'm going to fall through this any minute now. Did it you? hasn't happened yet. I know uh, it does. I, I know people are skydiving to planets. Yeah. So. But it's, uh, like, just the scale, again, of, like, I'm climbing up this ladder, and I pan it, and there's this huge horizon. See, I, the corona of the atmosphere yeah. is around it with the ring, and it's just like, this is so fun. So, one of the games I was playing when we first became friends with was X3, which is right. this fucking German, <laughs> super things. esoteric, like, space sim. And when you get a capital ship for the first time, like yeah. a freighter, yeah. not even a really good one, it's so fucking mad. And it's not, it doesn't look nearly as good as No Man's Sky. Mm. But the idea of being like, in this tiny little scout ship... You own it, so you can just kind of like fly, fly near in, yeah. it, and you're just like, "Oh fuck, I own this." Yeah, once you're parking um, in your space garage of your frigate, like it's just so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So that that feeling is great. I, love I the, wish little minor thing. I love that you can summon the freighter to you at any point. It's just like boot, yeah, and you can do it in Atmo. Yep, and it so can be it, above like, you, it's hanging fucking in the awesome. sky above you. Oh, it's so but cool. I, I at the same time, I'm like, you guys can't fucking back me up when I'm getting like hunted down by yeah. these fucking pirates. Like, this come massive, on, guys! Like star destroyer, I have won't shoot back at the pirates unless I fly close enough. If to I it. hear subspace cargo scan, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. I will say, like that that combat, I feel like has gotten a little better. It has, I know it has, but, but it's, it's wicked annoying. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just like just leave me the fuck alone. And it's if, like the Sentinels. It like I like Sentinel wise, and they have the Sentinels tie into the main story a decent amount. Like the idea of them being on every planet is not what it's supposed to be. Like, and that's kind of part of the mystery yeah, of the yeah, main yeah. story. So at least they kind of extrapolate something from it. But the idea that the game is like, okay, this is the game. You're gonna mine and create. Now we're gonna put in a timer, essentially. Yeah, it, it's so fucking stupid. Like it's yeah. it is it is just fundamental bad game design and like that's the thing I keep coming back to like Hello Games very ambitious some really great stuff here but as game designers and this is especially contrasting to play something like Dead Cells which is like tight as a drum every piece of it 
has been thought through for the like, is this fun to play? Yeah. And they skipped all of that with a bunch of No Man's Sky. And I, no on man, one yeah. hand, I, you can only focus on so many things. And if you're creating an entire universe. Yeah, but then, all right. The, the old Hollywood maxim is. But you're is, making a fucking video game. Right. The old Hollywood <laughs> maxim is if you can't do the accent, then just don't do the fucking accent. Exactly. Right? They could have just done a Viva Pinata style, like, yeah. there is no combat. You're just kind of chilling on these fucking planets. Yeah. I don't know. You, you're a farmer. I don't know. Yeah. And right? instead, like, they were like, what if it was also freelancer? It's like, no, don't do that. It doesn't do need to be, doesn't need need to be at all. Do that. It's just a postcard generator. Like, right. that's ultimately what the best part about it is. I mean, is, again, we're getting into the whole thing of, like, Sony's expectations, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. and all this but, shit. Like, you know, their design decision to put in combat was in the first trailers. Like, they, they were going in that direction from the beginning. <sighs> um, and that's not to say that obviously things change, but like at some point they probably could have just taken the combat out and I don't think anybody would have been sad about it, no. especially with what it ended up being. No, is just a really bad GTA wanted system uh, with very bad combat and again, tool tips that intentionally mislead you the whole time. So unless you know, like us, that they never go away and you can just sit inside a doorway and they'll never attack yep. you, what is a new player supposed to do with that? I have no idea. I did. I did. <laughs> I did end up getting like trying to. I did kill a walker. Oh yeah. I, I mean, you pretty can fucking kill pumped him. about it. But then, like, so what? Yeah. You get the special element, more drum, yeah. whatever. And, and it's if like, there, okay, cool. There is, you know, there are times when you'll get a quest because they generate quests on the space stations now, which is great because when you get to a new system, you can be like, okay, give me something to do here yeah, yeah, other yeah, than yeah. just land on every planet and be like. Rocks again. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Instead, let me scan those rocks and get some guild thing or whatever, which is just more missions for more generated yep. stuff. But it, it does something to tie you to it. And uh, having it just be like, hey, go to this planet and scan all the wildlife. Like, it feels like a little bit of an expedition in that way. Yeah. And, like, just those little things add a lot. And those things have also been in the game for over a year now. <laughs> so it's like... Yeah. And they still break constantly. Oh, yeah. They just fixed a bug where when you would accept a mission from... A alien on the planet, not the mission giver, the text for it would be literally like int underscore planet <laughs> yeah, yeah, underscore yeah, yeah. Corvax. Awesome. Like dev text in the game for weeks after that patch launch. Yep. And like they still don't have it where like, okay, I got a mission. There's a new kind of mission where you take a picture on a certain type of planet, which I really like because I love the photo mode and it's cool. It just means to visit a planet. Go find a desert planet. That's what it says in the mission briefing <laughs> when you pull it up. Five minutes later, if you want to check what that is, you go to your log. It is a generic description. It just says they're looking for a certain type of planet. Ah. The only way to see what type of planet is not in your fucking mission log. Yeah. It is to take the mission and then the tooltip will tell you what it is or the thing in your visor. It's just like how. No Man's Sky 2 coming out. How? How, 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 how? It's just these small con- things that you were constantly noticing. Like if it was a. You know, they talk about in game development, there's like there's shippable bugs because only, you know, 1% of the player base is ever going to see this bug. These are things you see every time you play the game. Yeah. And it's just, again, I mean, their priorities were elsewhere, but like they're making a video game. At some point, the <laughs> fundamental act of playing it should be somewhat smooth, especially two years after it came out. Eh, I don't know. It's like uh, kudos for working on the game that long and they've added a lot to it. But like I said, I think the ball of or the Weasley house they've built out of it is we'll see. We'll they see really they... need to like I assume they're going to take time to fix this stuff before they do whatever they're going to do next. And do you think there will be a next Ben? Maybe not. Honestly, this is enough to say like we've done a lot to this. Maybe we're going to yeah. work on something else. And I would be totally fine with that. Do you think they'll ever work on anything else? Do you think they'll just. That's the thing. Like, do they just, since it's a forever game, do they just make it forever? <laughs> like, there's I no microtransactions. I don't think so. so. I think they're. I think maybe the thing that next shows off is they kind of hit the ceiling on stuff they can graft onto that engine. Um, they need to make something from the ground up again. I think if they want to add more to it from there. But at the same time, I think once they get this wrapped up and working consistently, if they get it wrapped up and working, close-ish yeah. to what they kind of pitched initially. I think so. But a lot more shit to do in this endless universe than just look at stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. When you when it, when you take a bunch of formula, you're like, aren't these formulas neat? Let's extrapolate yeah. that into a game. And even in that GDC talk, the programmer was talking about how they were like, well, we made our own engine and we kind of regretted it. Yep. And I was like, yeah, you probably, I mean. Like, we are at a point, again, two years of development. I cannot take an item in the inventory and select some another slot that's occupied and have it swap. Oh, that, that has been I since fucking, hate fucking that. Diablo had the ability yeah. to swap stuff by clicking on an inventory. Yeah. Like, that's insane. That they, what the basic level of their inventory, they didn't even think of that. But, nonetheless. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> 
All right, Ben, let's wrap it up. Yeah. It is a million fucking degrees in this. It is really, really dope. Hot. Studio. We are on a, what would be called an extreme weather planet. Yes, <laughs> has boil, and we do not have thermal protection. I love that it's yeah because it's British. It's broiling rainstorms yep. instead of boiling rainstorms. Yep. Like fuck it. And there's just stuff. Sometimes it catches the light right. Sometimes that music comes in at just the right time. It it it, it still is. And I have over a hundred hours in it. I can bitch about it and still be like, this is something else. And it's giving me something that, like if I wanted to do that in Elite, it would take me four hours to get to, oh to a planet, let alone to right, go right, it. right, right. So like to have the fun tourist version of that game is actually still really worthwhile yeah. to me. So yeah, I don't know, man. No Man's Sky. What the fuck? He continues to be still talking about it in 2018. That's exactly. gonna count for something. Exactly, and uh, you know, games do not usually get this significant an overhaul two years past their. Oh no. It's, it's well, they kind of had to make good on something, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, you know, even though obviously we don't agree with the horse shit entitlement that came out of that release, that game definitely needed more to it. Like, even when we played it back at launch, it was like, oh, this is pretty, but there's lit. You get to hour 12, you have seen every type but of planet, I, every type of outpost, every yeah. type of alien. I, I think the point where they have it now, too, they have it at the stalker point where it's like, there's a bunch of broken shit mm-hmm. in this. Like, just, and it's like, the design is just core to the design is just fucking weird and broken. Like there is a hierarchy of the animals now. They will hunt each other. Yep. If the smaller ones will hunt, that, that yeah. reminded me of Stalker as soon as I saw. Yeah, it. and and so I'm happy that like they've gotten to Stalker level. The question is, will yeah. they ever go past it? Uh, yeah, and that's there. the thing with Stalker. Like I respect the hell out of those games, but like each one of them is fucked up in a different way. Oh yeah, to the point where you need to mod it like crazy. But it's not just technical. It's also like just design choices that are just like, what the fuck? Like yeah. why is this like this? Like and like. The thing with No Man's Sky is it was modded pretty heavily after it came out, yeah. but like no one's gonna mod it until they actually fix the basic thing. Yeah. Um, so hopefully once that happens, I can get rid of launch fuel and the other things that are just obnoxious. I fucking launch fuel needs to they, go away. They and die. De- they they put in. Um, there used to be no. There are always blueprints that could improve the efficiency, yes. but they were just findable blueprints. They made them so they spawn on every space station now. So yeah. that's a little little minor things that just like. But like again, at what point in the design meeting did they go? This is fun. Like they know. took they took the worst part of Diablo two, which is charms. Yeah, which is literally trade your Charging inventory stuff. Yeah, well, trade your trade your inventory space for power, and it's yeah. like, well, then, like, I don't want to fucking do this, yeah. especially with a terrible interface. Like, well, and and that's one of the ones that was really crazy to me when I started. Next was like. Everybody hates launch fuel. It's stupid. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. How could it use 25% of the tank to take off once? It's I don't ridiculous. know. ridiculous. Yep. What they do in No Man's Sky next is they take what used to be, take plutonium, shove it in your engines, take off. It is now craftable item. So you have to go through three steps of metal thing, blah, blah, blah. I learned pretty early on if you find uh, uranium, uranium what you need. Yeah. Just do that. I yep. have like a you thousand buy uranium yeah. at any just, point. Yep. Just use that. Yeah, you it's can just buy it efficient. at space stations, or when you build a base, you can build a train. But when I saw yeah. that, like that launch fuel canister, I'm like, what? What are they doing? They're I making this even more no of a pain in the ass. And they're like, oh well, it's more realistic because you're not just shoving minerals in. It's like, get the well, fuck out of here. It's not why I bought this. What's the uranium? Am I just shoving that in there? Like, yeah, man. Well, whatever. All right. So, all right, Ben. What a game. What a season. <laughs> Take us out. Ben. We are out. <laughs> Thank you.